Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, it is officially the off-season. Hello, freaking Luya, the NFL is over. So many people bemoaning that the NFL is over, and I could not be happier. Thank God we get to move on to the offseason, which is way more fun. We get to bring on fun guests. We get to talk other sports. Uh, and uh, considering that the uh, Winter Olympics have been lighting money on fire for me, I'm excited to break down some <laughs> golf and find some winners <laughs> because, yeah, uh, this time uh, this time of year is you know most of my attention on the weekends pivots to the PGA tour. And lo and behold, this week we have one of the premier events uh, in the Genesis open at Riviera. And to help us break down, we invite one of the pre one of the premier members of the golf slack. Uh, if you don't know what the golf slack is, shame. Oh, on God, you. They've already got him screenshotted in there. <laughs> instantly. AD got you instantly. <laughs> instantly. Right. It's like eight <laughs> monitors running on this screen alone. Immediately doxed. Um, but uh, yeah, so without further ado, we'll welcome you uh, straight vibing. Uh, Shane, welcome to the Deep Dive. Thanks for having me. I've listened to you guys for a while. I've bugged you about NFL and fancy drinks for much longer than that even. So it's good to come on. Yeah, and the, you, you know, you talk NFL, Drew, and we are pivoting to like draft stuff. But we have like a week here, I think. We have probably pretty close to a week before those start populating. Basically, if you go to your books, you're going to find a market for like the first quarterback and the first overall pick, and that might be it. And honestly, if you guys have a skin that has a bunch more than that, DM us. Oh, send us. Yeah, please. I'd love to see that. <laughs> love to know uh, who is hanging uh, out, is taking that. It's funny. I, I say that, and I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because I do enjoy the break here between this. And yeah, I'm I'm excited to, even though like, the most fun tournament of the year gets overshadowed a little by a football game they play the same week. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not the fun police, but I don't know if I could do that 52 weeks a year. Like, that's what I hate about the people that get mad about the waste management shit. It's like, buddy, you got 40 other tournaments. They're not, throw, <laughs> they're they're not throwing beer cans at Augusta. Like, chill. Let them, let them go have fun in the desert this one week, and we'll be. Thank back God, because golf. the sanctity of golf is the most important oh, thing gosh. going right now. Yeah, there were there were some per, there were some pearl clutching this week. There's got to yes. be Nick shown on Super Bowl Sunday, and Harry Higgs did it for us. <laughs> Harry Higgs, that's right. I know I asked Nips. to have my, my wardrobe. wardrobe. I wanted that graded differently for the Harry Higgs thing, but I, I had fun. It was awesome. I wish it a little gone a little different for my guy Xander. I played a Xander over Shoffley matchup. Like, oh, what are you no. going to do? What are you going to do? You mean a Shoffley, Shoffley over Xander Shuffler? Xander over Scheffler. Excuse me. They have the same last name. Like, what are you going to do? My guy played well. Just didn't work out. So, didn't matter. Keith Mitchell, top 20. That's all that mattered. Killer Keith, swings fixed. Probably winning a major this year, and we're on to beautiful Riviera. Beautiful Riviera. So, um, kill Killer Keith, like you did Hank Leviota. <laughs> I don't know what I did to Hank. Like, Hank is broken fully. I, okay. 
you guys are going way too in the weeds golf slack which is good that's where i wanted to go with this podcast but before we go too far into the weeds let's uh let's kind of set the table a little bit so give give people a little bit of a of an understanding shane of where you you know i guess if you had to rank your favorite sports to handicap where is golf uh, how did you get into this in the first place? What do you think about sort of the growing, um, you know, uh, just the general um, market activity? This feels like if there's one betting market that in five years is potentially going to challenge the NFL for handle and interest, golf does seem like it. it wor- it's warranting keeping an eye on. Um, is all of this fair? And, you know, what is, you know, what's what's your read on the future of golf betting? I think it's growing fast. I mean, if you're watching the broadcast, about every five minutes they show up the current odds of who's leading the tournament. Uh, it's very in your face for as far as sports and gambling goes. It's about as in your face as they can they can have it. Uh, and one cool thing is like we get to watch Foxborough, we get to watch Gillette Stadium, you know, on TV. We don't get to actually play on that venue. Uh, we could go play. TPC Scottsdale tomorrow if you wanted to. Uh, so I think golf is really in a good good spot. Yeah, it's funny you bring the, like the odds, and we. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not as hard on these guys. I blame it on the production crews. Honestly, I blame it on the producers. Like when these guys get on the air and they're not comfortable with gambling parlance and they mess it up and they don't understand the math and the odds. Like I I feel bad for them honestly. Like somebody needs to prepare them better, and I think we should see it more and. Honestly, it's it's crazy. Like we might look back at this down the road because you go look at Australia. Like go watch a go watch a tennis match in Australia. Like that shit's above the screen. Like the live odds, it's all over the place. You know, some of these states where it's very prevalent. It'll be but it's funny to see how far we go. Well, let me push back on that a little bit. Are we better off getting those guys trained up to communicate it better so that we can sit at home and watch, or? Just let them kind of dangle, and eventually they come knocking on our door, Andy. <laughs> I, I I think you're right in the second part, but I'd also like to have them at least get them to a kindergarten level. Like okay. when they when they you know there was somebody who was plus one twenty five for something, and they said, "Oh, I don't want to bet a hundred dollars to win twenty five bucks." Like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get them past that. Let's let's uh, you know this is this is uh, maybe one oh one get him to one oh one okay get him through the one oh one that would be nice i don't a little gambling talk yeah get into math not even just gambling yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it is it's all math anyway um okay so that's a fair point uh do you think i guess uh what is your thought on the current state of the golf broadcast so cbs has a new producer this past year like sky chef or something like that um that's not his name. It's something close to that. And he is much better. Like even through these first couple CBS tournaments, they are extremely better. I love, I love the current trajectory of CBS golf. What makes a good broadcast? Showing golf. Showing golf. <laughs> it's, so, it's so wild. Like, How hard is this? <laughs> Show shots, please. And plus taking over uh, yes. PGA Live has also been much better. Okay, oh my well, God. Yeah, I have a, so I have a monitor up above me here, like mounted up above my main one, and like that's been so great to just pull up ESPN Plus on that and watch golf until, and then it's like it's like my alarm clock, like oh my God, where did my day go? Because it's like your broadcast has ended when it switches over to the real coverage. Like, Holy shit, the day's. That's gone. another reason I think golf is in a good place. You're just sitting there at your desk on Thursday and Friday, and you can watch four different feeds 
sitting there at your desk. Don't even yep. need a TV. Yeah. You, I guess maybe this changes now that more access to golf comes into my life particularly, but I could have told you with almost true hundred percent certainty what the least productive day work day of my entire calendar year was going to be every single year. It is the Thursday of the masters because you can sit there and watch every single shot from the featured group. You can go and kind of hit all of the other, you know, kind of feeds aim in corner 15, 16. Like it literally is just an overload of, you know, watching golf shots. And honestly, like I felt for sure, like there was maybe 2011 ish was when they started doing this. And they had like, they followed Rory around for, I think featured group on all, all day, Thursday, all day, uh, Friday. He was with, uh, he, he was with Ricky Fowler and then uh, one of the other, another young guy. And like just seeing them play every single shot, was gives you number one so much better understanding of what's going on with the course. Number two, like those guys' games, you start to be like, oh crap, like that's what they're doing. Like, you know, we, when you see it that way, it's so much different. It must be like when people kind of who really care about football go to like the all 22 and they can see what everybody's doing and all of a sudden the game starts to make more sense. But like, how hard was it to get to this point, guys? <laughs> it's been a long time coming. There's so much more context. Like they hit bad shots like half the time too. And you know, you don't normally see that. You just see all the people hitting from the fairway, not the roar hitting to some guy's pool on the 12th hole. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the best part about some of those feeds. And like my grandma, God rest her soul. She didn't watch sports sports, but like we were over at her house once in this and the news was on back when people watched the news and she's like, man, these basketball players are so good. They seem to make every shot. I'm like, well, and my dad's like, you know, mom, that's, you're watching the highlights on the news. Like they're not going to show the bad shots. <laughs> oh, I suppose. And like, it's, it's the same thing. Like some of the coverage was just like when, when they'd cut to a crappy player who nobody wanted to see, you're like, Oh, he's going to hole out from that fairway here. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, they're not showing him, but I, I, I like it both ways. I like the following a group like that, really getting to follow their whole game, see what their game plan is. And I also kind of like the one where they just show a hole and you get to see like, I mean, you just can tell after you've watched five, six guys play at a hole, like when somebody puts one in a certain spot on the green, you're like, oh, he's fucked. Like, that's not good. Yep. Nobody, nobody's reading from over there. So I, that's that's the best part. And then the Masters, I don't know if you guys found this feed because there was a bunch, but there was one feed really early on Thursday that had no announcers for like three hours. Yeah. It was just, and there, there was just silence. It was, it was some wide shots like the cameras were back all you heard was the ping of clubs and just the whoosh of the it was and the it was super, <laughs> the amen corner like the most serene part of the golf course anyways it was yeah yeah very, yeah no i the most relaxed i've ever been in my life watching that it was so zen it's the best it's the best and honestly the fact that they're kind of the the game is moving that direction is huge i i guess the only thing i can complain about beyond you know like we'll let it trend in the right direction um why is it still so hard to kind of track matchups <laughs> if you have certain matchups why why hasn't anyone who's like got a in with like a let's say a company that has like a some sort of app that like tracks gambling plays or something like that like why doesn't anyone have a way where you could just fire up like i'm i care only about how these two guys are playing today Is that's it watching this <laughs> yeah i'm working i'm working on it the odds it's honestly the the 
the data providers for some of the golf stuff is it's it's been a struggle but yeah i want that so bad and i like oh i like God. that part of the fact is that there's you know you got your bookmaker matchups and a lot of people copy those and sure. then there's like that secondary line that you see over bet online has part of it and then they have their own and then five bands used to just go buck wild and throw like 700 matchups out didn't matter that was, that, that, that oh. was my favorite part about golf like if you really wanted to fade a guy you could find eight find different eight guys to, to do, do it, it with yeah you know? <laughs> that's right that's right um but yeah no i i think that's the last kind of missing piece to like my really my enjoying everything about golf betting because um you know i, I was a player who really only zeroed in on the big tournaments um the majors uh made numbers in a way that was I look back on and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> like that's how I was going on with bears. Jesus Christ. Um, and I guess, you know, I, I, I look at sort of the way that, uh, you know, data golf came into the space and, and really kind of formalized a lot of the stuff that uh, people were doing regarding strokes gained as kind of a pretty important sea change. And, you know, and now is it fair to say that, uh, you know, that if you, aren't at least familiar with what they're doing and who they are high and low on in any given week, then you are potentially missing some important information about the way the market is shaped, Shane? The main guy I primarily follow and listen to in golf kind of, or even Logan too, they kind of, they see where data golf who they just pay for the subscription and they kind of see which golfers, so if you're going to fade the golfers that data golf is going to bet on, you just wait and then bet the other side, or you need to hop in and bet the guys that data golf is going to bet on before data golf bets on them. And that's all just basically because there are a lot of people who are lazily making markets based on data golf's numbers alone, more or less, maybe even them. Are they, are they, they're not limit betting, are they? Andy, do you know that? And no, I and it, I mean, it's early enough in the week where, yeah, I don't think they're, they're not doing like the pinnacle stuff from back in the day. And also it's early enough in the week too, where I, I don't know how much limits are up on that when, when those numbers first come out. But I mean, it is kind of a rule. Like if data golf hates a guy you like, you can just sit there and wait. People are going to, people are going to bet against him. You're going to get a better number. Like it, it has become a bit of the, a, a part of what shapes the market. I think that's what's interesting about betting different sports and feeling that out. So bet online gets shaped by their, by data golf numbers. And then once bookmaker opens and bet online shifts to bookmakers numbers. Okay. And so we all got to get in before, if you want the good, yeah. you got to get in before bookmaker. Okay. But you have to know, who bookmaker likes and that may all come down to just maybe one or two players who are betting into the bookmaker numbers before we see them. Is that a reasonable assumption? <laughs> the world's the world's number one golf better. <laughs> Andy, um, let me ask you about your golf betting experience and how it's changing over the years, because you went from someone who was playing relatively casually, as far as I could tell you, to now I'm creating content every week. And here we go. Like we are we are making we are making fairs. We are firing into 10 different uh, props and uh, and and outrights a week. Um, you know, how 
you know, what have you learned along the way in terms of the way that you kind of split up your bankroll between outrights, you know, top X versus just zeroing in solely on head to head market? I think I'm still pretty dumb when it comes to golf betting. I think the golf betting market in, in general is kind of dumb. I think it's it's early on. I talked about this with somebody today. I think we're still early on. Like we're in the like Joe Pete had just wrote trading bases and people are figuring out Pakota and that's like strokes gain. Like this is real early because you know everyone finds his stats and you know what what did they have before stroke gain? Like Greens hit and fairways hit and driving distance, scoring, birdie. Like you had really, I mean, essentially had batting average. Like you had yep. nothing. Yep. And then you you introduced strokes gained and it, it was cool. And just like you say with baseball, and you, you start getting some of these metrics. But man, the, the lack of context that that a lot of the stats have, like I think super, super tip of the iceberg. And like every day I think about how I wish I were a lot smarter. So I could take some of these and, and, you know, I have all these ideas like how to contextualize it. I just don't have the ability to. Yeah. But that's, that's towards you, you kind of maturing as far as coming up with fares that you think can beat the market. Like just in terms of how you approach the market, like how has that changed? Cause I remember back in the day, it would have been like, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to place five bets in the outright market. They're probably all going to lose. <laughs> like, like, yeah, this is what's fun is this, right? And then eventually you kind of realize, oh, there's other ways to attack if you have an edge on a given golfer or an edge against a given golfer, right? Yeah, I think that's something I'm still kind of learning too as far as keeping my keeping my bets in, you know, if you sit and fire 25 outrights, like that shit's not going to fly. People do that. You see, you see people get to that. I mean, we used to put together these 25 leg to make the cut parlays still fun sweat, on the yeah. masters. Yeah. And then we realized like, oh, these are so negatively correlated. Mm, like we're just wildly negatively up. correlated. We're yeah. just getting that. I, I guess I kind of, <laughs> I kind of want to shame too. How, how his, I don't know, like, a big part of how I bet basketball, how I bet other sports is like, if I have an edge, I'm going to bet it. I don't care if I bet 30 games on Saturday. Like that's just, those are the ones I thought I had edges on. And like, uh, you know, golf is a little bit different because, uh, you know, if Albany beats Hartford, it doesn't make a hill of beans different in the middle Tennessee game. But like, you can't, you can't take all these edges. Like, Oh, I have like all these edges for top 20. Uh, If you have 30 guys, you think are a price to make top 20. You might have a problem with your model. So, like, I, that's my question, I guess, for Shane, how he, how he makes peace with that and figures out, you know, where where to cut stuff off or putting bets on the card. I hope we didn't, we didn't lose Shane. Yeah, I think we have a delay. Well, Shane's in in Arkansas, beautiful Arkansas. Top twenty is good. There's all is... twenty. <laughs> Those and that he don't some books don't even have. Those are good. Uh, but can you not hear me? We can yeah, hear you, we can hear you now, but there's like a pretty meaningful delay. Do you want to try to uh, uh, close out and come back in in a sec? We'll bring you back in. You can. Maybe just maybe all. just reset reset your window and I think you'll probably be okay. No. Close some tabs, Shane. <laughs> Too many tabs open. See what happens with that. 
Yeah, it was it was feeling like he was delayed there a little. Okay. Um, yeah, to answer some of the questions, we are going to eventually get into talking about R Riviera in general. Uh, we are going to... Um, uh, it is like the Manning cast. <laughs> uh no we're we're in off season mode man everything is chill everything is relaxed um <laughs> arkansas uh it's tough tough to get a get a good connection there um okay so i got no room to talk i guess do okay so we've covered maybe one of the more important basics which is just the way data golf influences the market in general um and i think that's kind of important to keep an understanding on and honestly like the data golf sub is pretty fucking cheap so don't be a, don't be um you know don't be cheap just you know get yourself a data golf sub so at the bare minimum you have the information of where the market's likely to move and why um because you know understanding your market is about as important as being able to originate a fair anyway um but um yeah i think realistically um you know the the evolution of going through hey um i'm gonna find a couple of heads to heads i like versus uh hey i'm just gonna spray the board with outright winners is something you kind of have to learn the hard way <laughs> and um i don't know i guess what how how do you uh um distribute your capital uh shane between uh head to heads versus outright market at this point so since i don't really originate uh i just bet a bunch of super off market prices on PPHs, like I think this Saturday, for instance, there was like a 45 cent difference from a bookmaker to a Buckeye skin on like Zach Johnson versus Joseph Brandlett or something. Uh, they only 45 cents, 45 cents. I think it was like minus 120 on Buckeye and like minus 165 or something like that on bookmaker. So it's a pretty easy game if you can do that. <laughs> would you consider in that case bookmaker the answer key or just you want the scalp answer key okay That's for me personally i'm i'm gonna make much worse bets than that one for sure so I'll, I'll get get down on that i think that's probably like what shane just said with answer key if you i mean if you don't quite grasp that like if you're shopping around say five six offshores few legal books and the best price you find is that bookmaker, it's likely not one of your stronger edges. And that's not to say that their numbers are perfect and no one's going to beat their prices. But, like, I have to be pretty strong. I have to feel pretty strongly about a, a play in golf if I shop it at the five, six places I look for matchups. And bookmaker is, like, 10 cents the best price. I go mm -hmm. back and ask some questions. Like you yeah. said, like the fact that it is the, the sharpest golf market where the most money is flowing into, like if that price is the best price, maybe go talk to your buddies, ask some questions. And like to, to Shane's point about the scalping the golf too, I've known a few people who've done this. Like if, if you do want to, if you have a bunch of outs, there are some wild differences in the head-to-head -head markets that you can find, especially on some of the slow-moving PPHs where, yeah, you can just sit there and, kind of print money on golf slowly yeah um sam asked the question when in the week do you do that i think that example that was like round four round three right that was that was, was a round by round yeah, it was example. Like 30 minutes before they teed off on saturday so yeah um and i guess but you know it's kind of broader question about timing uh what is the week like 
who opens when, you know, when, you know, like how quickly do uh, at books X, Y, and Z, uh, you know, start to really shape their prices? I think Bet Online opens on Monday. Matchups, they do first matchups. I know they're first. Yeah. And then Bookmaker Tuesday afternoon, I think, Tuesday night. Yeah, everyone else is kind of in the middle. I'm not sure where the Canby stuff is originating from, but like in the legal markets, a lot of that stuff is up early in the week. Those seem to be a lot higher hold, especially on some of the outright markets. Although, like, I don't know, my DraftKings, my DraftKings account's in very high standing because basically all I ever bet there is like it's like Shane said, if I find uh, one of my outrights that I really like and it's way better price at DraftKings, I'll go bet it. I just never hit one. So they love mm-hmm. me. They're just taking taking all my losing outright bets. And if I hit one, it's uh, usually on an offshore. Yeah. They, uh, the question from Craner, there's basically one single model that is purchased by line originators that sets the market. Do you know who runs it? Um, my guess is that the openers for Bet Online are probably some iteration of a data golf type of approach. And then those are shaped by data golf. My guess is similarly for the Canby books, there's probably one person who's behind the counter who's coming up with their fares and then they just react based on that. Um, bookmaker, we know, take because they will take bets from, you know, some of the end boss originators like, you know, they're not necessarily buying them, but uh, they more or less are <laughs> because they're letting them bet into soft opening numbers and then using that information to their advantage. Um, I will say that there is some kind of funny like you would think that like if golf head to head markets where they're taking 10K a swat. Or what are they? They pro- what does bookmaker take a close? Fifty k on head heads, ten k on and cl- on close. Yes. Okay, well, you would think that like with that kind of uh, you know kind of staking that those would be super efficient and like unbeatable markets. And I don't know that they really are. I think that in general, uh, because the golf market takes so much money in the live outright space, that like. There's probably are still some soft spots, particularly in the head-to-heads. Like I don't think that there's ever been one or two head-to-heads that are making or breaking a golf tournament for bookmaker. Is that would you think that is that sound like a fair guess, Andy? Yeah, and I mean, also to your guys' point about the limits at bookmaker, like they they'll take ten thousand on a golf matchup, but they take rebets. Yeah, like, sure. You you can if you really want to and the number doesn't or somebody's fighting you on the other side, another guy with a lot of money. Like it's not unheard of for somebody to be able to hit the same line at the same price 10 times for, for a limit. Like, especially on some of the big tournaments, you hear about the, somebody can get a shitload down on a matchup if somebody strongly disagrees with how they feel about it. So that, that is interesting that, uh, and I think that's why the straddle's pretty big on a two-way market. I don't know. That, that's a thing, too. And, like, obviously Shane's scalping and is still able to overcome that sort of thing just with how much some of those markets are off. But it's something you don't really hear anybody complaining about is the fact that you're betting into a two-way market with a pretty hefty big, even at, you know, even at sharp books. I mean, that's like esports, though, too. Like, there's a bunch of, there are a couple of sports where they're like, look, we can't, we're, we know we're not going. You know, it doesn't. It used to be that uh, 
the size, or at least it was co common wisdom that the size of the hold reflected how efficient that market was. And I think actually there's a little bit of a, you know, the other way around too. Like if it's a big hold, like that's kind of them, you know, the bookmaker kind of putting up their flag, like, look, we're having yeah. trouble beating this. <laughs> like we have to make the hold big because we are not, you know, we're taking a bath on this to a degree. And I mean, I can, I can see head to heads being a good way to, you know, kind of make your, make your hay as an originator anyway, because yeah, you don't have to bet every single one. Um, and you know, there's, we've talked about this before. There's usually a long tail in one direction or the other when it comes to a head to head market, because one of the two players could miss the cut. <laughs> and then at that point, it doesn't matter what the other player does for half of their round. Like they could literally go out and, you know, you know, dump, the dump on the days. course for two yeah. days. It does not matter. You win. Um, and, uh, you know, so that, that kind of stuff I think makes the head to head market a, a ton of fun. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, still, it's, uh, it's a matter of getting the right price at the right place at the right time. And uh, that that can be challenging, especially if you're going up into those major markets at some of the offshores. But um, all that said, let's talk a little bit about this particular course and this particular event. Because I guess if you were to kind of give me the elevator pitch, uh, Shane, if I was like a casual golf fan and really only watched the Masters and US Open and whatnot, and you were like, I don't get it. Why does anyone give a shit about this tournament? Like, wh who, what's the big deal? Like, it's because it's in LA. Whoa, you know, the plots of stuff happen in LA. Super Bowls in LA. Like, what what is it about this particular tournament and Riviera in general that has people interested in, um, uh, in you know, you know, caring about this weekend? Well, for me, not to get like too inside baseball, but it seems like it's almost like a pure form of golf. It's kind of an old. It's not just a dartboard tour where. Every single person hits the fairway, and then every single person hits the green, and then whoever makes the 25-footer every single time, they win. It's kind of like a very uh, old-school, golden-age architecture. But that's kind of like getting too inside baseball. But No, this is uh, exactly what I wanted to know. Yeah. For it, especially when it plays firm and fast. When the ball is on the ground. It's much more entertaining to watch. And just, you know, like I said, they're hitting the fairway, they lift clean in place, and then they – Put it on the green. It's it's a very entertaining golf tournament, and it's an elevated event. So all the heavy hitters are here. I think ten of the top ten OWGR are here this week. So and it, now it's kind of like Tiger's event. So he's going to be there. He gives you the trophy. It's it's very in high regard to the golf world. Yeah. The so I'm. Um... I mean, uh, obviously, I'm in more than one one and done, but I'm in a one and done that I have split with a couple people, and we talk about it almost too much every week about who we're going to pick. It's like the Simpsons episode with the comic book, where <laughs> we're going three different directions sometimes, four. But uh, someone made a chart, and he listed all the events for the one and done schedule, and then put them in order by purse. And if you throw out the, you know, the FedEx playoffs, which are <clears throat> like 75 million and, you know, like being all that at the end of the year, this is a top five tournament for purse. Like this, this pays, this is a bigger purse this year than three out of the four majors. Like it's, it is a nice course and everyone likes coming here, but I think that's the biggest part of it. Like it's a fat paycheck. If you win this, it is, it's essentially major money. And outside of even like, like Shane said, the whole top 10 is here. 
almost the whole top 20. Like Bryson's off buying condos in Saudi Arabia, rehabbing, and English has English got the COVID from my wife, apparently. So he's missing. He's not in the field. But I mean, it is it is a who's who. And it's it's funny, like last week we concentrated so much on the antics and the fun. But those that was it was kind of a little bit of a glimpse into what you'll see, except at a harder course, because those greens were not receptive. It wasn't like Twin Cities or Detroit where, you know, oh, Christ, this field stinks and somebody bad is going to shoot 25 under and win this anyway. Like where it just it's like watching me play the Nintendo golf where I just hit it within two feet of the pin and it just stops where I want it to. Like Shane said, if it plays firm and fast, it's not just going to throw darts, make putts like you have to have an all around game. You have to be shaping shots. You have to be finding the right spots in the fairway to attack the greens. They're big greens. They're really big greens and they're still hard to hit. It's one of the f- tournaments where they, the greens and regulation are, I mean, the percentage is very low considering how big some of the greens are. That's why right. like Bubba has won here three times. It's like the creative, the more creative players on these old school architecture courses, you know, angles, they can work it both ways. It's, it's very entertaining to watch. Who's on. Yeah. Who's on. Do you have like a short list or just like a mental model of who the creative players are? Bubba, Phil, Phil, he kind of did that at the PGA. Kind of moves it both ways. Creative. Uh, I mean, Bubba just in general, I think, is would be the first person that comes to mind. The um, uh, I would love to dispel some of these myths. And Casey Brown with an excellent question: <laughs> Which golfers are sleeping in their childhood beds, and why in the world is that a narrative talking point around handicap and golf tournaments? Is it just because people don't like are out of things to say, and so it's a matter of well, this guy is from here, so he's going to do well here? Like, or is there actual signal there somehow? Well, I think Frank Molinari lives here. I think that was a, that was a big thing last year because he was kind of like in the wilderness forever, and then he came back, and I think he might have even got top twenty here last year. I think there's some credence if you like play on the course every day. I mean, it might not be your your bed that is important, but you being familiar with the extremely hard course. Like I think Jason Day lives on Memorial on Jack's course. I think he has yeah. good results there. So I think it's more of familiarity with the course and not necessarily sleeping in a NASCAR childhood bed. And is that why you like Xander Shoffley this week? I just like Xander played. Xander should have won the tournament last week. He played so well, just couldn't putt. Um, no, and, and to Shane's point, like there is the familiarity is one thing. Like familiarity is way different than, uh, hey, he grew up around here. <laughs> like there's some, or he's from here. He's born there. Like there are some guy. I see some of that pushed, and we joke around about it a little. But like, I tried to make a case for that for one of the Texas tournaments. God damn it, it was Tom Hoagie. I was like 10 steps ahead on on Hoagie because he was a TCU guy. And I went and checked, and it's like, oh, like all – I looked at his whole college career just because after I looked a little bit, I got deep into the weeds. I'm like, I don't think he's actually ever played this course. Like, and if he had (laughs) – he's never played in a competitive round. Like, if he played it, it was for fun. So it was was kind of more annoying than anything after I spent time digging into it. But, yeah, I mean, a a lot of it is like that, and – you know, you have guys that oh, maybe lost our guy. Yeah, his, his connection with it is struggling tonight. Damn. It's it is struggling a little, but I mean, there are there are guys that 
like Homa, the the West Coast Homa. Who is like, the guy? That's legitimately a thing because the guy played out here forever and ever. There are guys who play better on the West Coast. There's guys who are going to have struggles with with uh, this tournament because of the Kikuya, like just some of the shots that you can't make, especially if you end up in the rough and you, you're not strong enough to beat through that. If it's if it's really growing up, we'll see what the rough looks like. But I mean, uh, we joked about this with Sea Island. Sea Island is gorgeous. Dan knows this. Dan's a Georgia guy. Sea Island is beautiful. And, I mean, these guys aren't – you don't hear about people like, oh, man, he lives in Minneapolis during the offseason. <laughs> so he plays TPC Twin Cities a lot. Like, these people are picking nice areas. Like, they're living in yeah. good – so Sea Island, I went and checked, and I started running through all the guys that live there. I was able to make an entire – DFS lineup. It fit there with the, I I left like four thousand dollars on the table to do it. But I, I put together a whole DFS lineup of guys who live in the town for that tournament. Only one made the cut. So you're like, basically like you're more you're kind of in the camp of there's actually something there. There's there there. Oh, I made it as because it was fun. Like I oh, did it. Okay. I didn't use it in a good <laughs> contest. Like I made a fun joke lineup. And I remember thinking, I'm like, well you know, maybe this works. It'd be funny. It'd be a better bit if it did, but then it just killed me that one guy made the cut. And I think it was like the worst, <laughs> the worst guy. So I, I yeah, I, I think the, it, it shines through more for some of the experienced guys at the harder tournaments, like people who've played Augusta a bunch or people who, who know what they're doing at some of these tougher tournaments, but like the, the sleeping in your own bed thing is totally not a thing. Yeah. Okay. So what, what, uh, oh, there he is. Yes. Good deal. Well, he's I really was, clear now. I'm sitting across all 50 years in my Wi-Fi. Nobody's ever. Look at, look at this. Good work, man. Um, okay, most important question. Um, will Tiger Woods be back? And will he be back stronger than ever? Uh, have you gotten any insight from his media this week? Circa doesn't think so. No. <laughs> 400 to one. He might could play it with one leg, honestly, and still make the cut. Yeah, this some is, of those early like estimates on when he'd be back are looking a little uh, optimistic. He's playing golf though. Plus, plus that's like the hardest. That's a terrible walk. That's that was his problem at the PNC Challenge was his walking. And now there's nothing but hills, and one of the hardest walks on tour was the going to be Augusta. He was never going to play this. That makes sense. Um, what? Uh, so, what do? You, what have you kind of picked up from? Uh, I guess, or I guess, let me take a step back. Um, when it comes to evaluating the NFL handicapping over the balance of a week, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of videos. I talk to a lot of people who are sharp. Not unlike what I think you guys do in the golf slack when it comes to these golf tournaments. What have you? You know, what are? What is your general process in a given week trying to scrape information, trying to evaluate? Uh, you know, uh, where you're going to attack the golf market, and uh, what would you recommend people do? I would recommend joining the golf slack for one. Uh, find people much smarter than yourself or not yourself than myself in there. Um, I, I really don't listen to too many gambling pods. There's a lot of sport or golf gambling pods. There's a lot of, there's way too many sleep in your own bed type pods out there. Uh, so Logan Matthews is a good place to start too on Twitter. He's a great, a great golf golf follow. 
it is hard to get good info. Like, especially I just this necessity of my job. I've listened to a few more golf podcasts over the last few months and I'm, I'm going to listen to a bunch this week. And it is a lot of, there's a lot of group think and I, you see that in every sport, but I oh, mean, for it, sure. it, it is funny when like we see a guy, who was it? Matt McNeely at like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Matt, was it Mav at Tory or? No, it was, it was home game model. That was uh, sleeping in his own bed at Pebble. Yeah. Oh yeah. 22 to one. He got out to like four under through four and everybody bought Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> yeah. There, there's been a few of those where it's like, Oh, the whole, like the whole internet has to be listening to the same people because everybody just bet Matt McNeely. It's like, fuck it. I'm using him in DFS anyway. I don't care. That's uh, <laughs> he's not going to be owned in the ones I'm in. So it's, it's not a kiss of death, but it is like the market will respond to just the volume of, golf touts saying the same guy i think he went off at like 18 to 1 or 20 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! okay do you is there a recipe for how like the hot tout pick gets out there or is it random or is it one person and everybody follows i think it's everybody using the same kind of model calculator on a website okay it's out the same person Okay, I see. I see. Oh, and especially if you can if if you can start to build narratives about how a course plays, and then if you have a guy who is, and I don't know, this is a good this is a good one for Shane too. Like, are you do you believe in course history? I mean, even outside of betting, like uh, just how you feel about a guy to play well at that. Like, I I think yeah. that's a, I think I've come I've come to terms. I was a strong course history against her. I said that's horse shit. It's it's not a thing. I think it's horse shit at most places, but I think there are like ten stops along the tour. It's like I think it might matter a little here. Like Augusta being yeah. at the end. Augusta, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like you, if, if, too, yeah. so if you like know what you're doing there, you know, Phil's gonna sure. there. If he doesn't get kicked out, Phil can play there for the next ten years and compete as a as an old man. No, 100% agreed. And honestly, if you and if you start betting golf because you got into it from the Masters, you pick that up and you're like, well, it must be the same everywhere. Course history must matter a lot because it matters here. <laughs> Patrick Cantlay just killed his course history truthers on Sunday. I think that was the first time he's ever played the waste management. Oh, should have won. Oh, and I think that's a big thing that breaks a lot of these people that are if you're based on course history or a certain kind of stat and especially like a can't like Cantley and Rom are the way I have things like Cantley and Rom there's a gap between those two guys and the next chunk of people and it's you can't model that like you can't say oh well this this type of shot or this part of his game it's like no they're just fucking too good like they're gonna play well. Like Rom, Rom was playing like halfway, like garbage, just back backs himself into a top ten again. I, he wasn't even like a factor, and he just ho hum goes out and shoots, does what he does, and finds himself in the top ten again. Cantlay is gonna be there every week too, even though he's up. He came out against PIP, which now I'm. Yeah, I'm that was. Can, I'm not sure Cantlay's in it for the right reasons, guys. Um, got some questions about Cantlay. 
Uh, he's just doing it for the money, apparently. Uh, we have to ask you Mike's question. How is How important is a golfer's footwear? Do you handicap that? A lot of people were hating on Cantlay's uh, foot boys last week, and they cost him because they're just in your non nonstop in your face when he's waddling. So you play you play a ton of golf yourself, right? Yes, I have okay. those shoes. I was kind of <laughs> when people were hating on them. <laughs> What's that? What is your handicap? Uh, don't put this on the internet. Uh, <laughs> probably like a nine. Not. Ooh, oh, that's nice. Right. That's, that's great. That's respectable. Absolutely, that's respectable. What are some of your uh, your favorite spots you've gotten to, gotten to play? And do you, are you know like is there, I imagine there's it's pretty competitive to go. You you mentioned off the top like you could go play at the uh, course in Scottsdale um, if you wanted to this week, but that's got to be pretty competitive, right? Like a lot of people are trying to do that. Yeah. Well, so I kind of done the whole Southern California scene, uh, living in San Diego. It's kind of you're close to uh, La Quinta or. Up where they play Amex, uh, close to Arizona. So I've kind of done the whole Southwest scene. Uh, the coolest place I played was Sand Hills. It's just in the middle of Nebraska. We flew to Denver, drove five miles an hour to the middle of nowhere, uh, or we drew five hours to the middle of nowhere, and that was that was by far the coolest. Sand Hills, okay, cool. Sand Hills in Nebraska, yes. Middle of nowhere, just huge, huge big open piece of land in Nebraska. Yeah. I, I understand. Like I understand the thought process between, and you know, you say you're a nine handicap. That's a lot better than me. I'm like a 30. A lot better than me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm not any good, <laughs> but like, I, I don't understand these people that go play these really good courses and they talk about like, Oh, it was so hard. And like, I, I really struggled with this hole and boy, it ate me up. Like, were you trying to win? Like are you trying to beat this this really good course? Like, go enjoy your day. Like, yes. you just cheat. You need to cheat. <laughs> like, like I said, I joked about the whatever, whichever one it is that's on Maui, Sony. Yeah. Um, I played the shittier course at Kapalua oh. and shot and shot like one twenty. And then you see these guys <laughs> go out and like you know, just destroying it. And it's like you know what I had I enjoyed it. It was just pretty. I I haven't been to too many nice courses. Just uh, I like mine because it's you know uh, they let my kid play for free and it's like seventeen dollars with a cart for nine on Friday mornings. But I I could get into that a little. I think I should play some nicer courses. I, I gotta yeah. get. I'm getting the decade thing. I'm doing the decade thing. Keith Mitchell okay. is all better. It's it's my turn. He okay, so and he can solve yours. Yeah. <laughs> so trip trip tepper has had a bunch of great comments in the uh, chat that we you know can't we can't pull up the comments because it messes with the uh the aspect ratio here but um he agrees with cantley on pip the problem is cantley has that opinion because he doesn't have any personality if cantley had the ability to really engage with people online <laughs> then i think he would have a different tale to he's tell. not taking his shirt off on the 16th <laughs> screen he's not no no, no, sir. Um, okay, so would I solve some of my handicap woes if, like, I just, you know, things worked a lot out a little bit better for me in my home life? Like, how much does a golfer's performance rely on, like, getting a good night's sleep in more ways than one? You know, they're they're happy in their in their home life. Are you saying you shouldn't marry a an Olympic high jumper? That's kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know which pick golfer you're picking on. 
yeah but just in general like uh do you follow the social media of the golfers and try to figure out like who's like in a good mind space oh we do this for lpga yeah <laughs> we, uh, we have solved uh we have solved thirst trapping on instagram who's in a relationship who just broke up it's very important <laughs> it matters. It matters. No, there's, there's not enough LPGA sure. data. There's no strokes gained LPGA data. So you got to go the extra mile to find edges. You got to grind your who's edge on Instagram. Who's yeah. not? Hey, yeah. look, man, it's hard work, but somebody's got to do it. Somebody's you know? got to follow these girls on Instagram. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. <laughs> I've been doing it for tennis for quite a while. It hasn't really worked out. I still just bet what Noobs tells me, but you know, it's it is uh, the LPJ is tough. I don't know any. One of the girls has a number in her name. That's true. Yeah. Well, a we bunch of them do because they all have the same name, right? Yeah, she yeah. has the same name as five other people before her. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's true. It's number six. I know. Right? It's like it's like Logan's Run. I don't. That's uh, an old movie. You wouldn't remember that, guys. But um, yeah, Lee Six. There you go. Yeah, there there is something to be said for like we're joking a little bit about the the social media stuff, but like honestly, I think Ricky's brain was kind of broken for a while. Especially the girls, they turned pro when they're like 16, 17 years old. I mean, that's still pretty pretty young for maturity's sake. Sure enough. Um, what are some of the other funny and favorite moments that you have been in golf the last year? How many seconds that we had last year? How many times we came in second place? I think we came in like 22 seconds or something like that. Oh, Jesus. And (laughs) Cantlay is the main heartbreak in that one against Bryson in the playoff where he had the the most strokes gained putting in like a single round in our final round when we had Bryson. All the seconds. (laughs) All the seconds is right. That's where (laughs) – East way market, each way market. Yeah, I was going to say the Europeans got this figured out. They're just, I wonder if in the long run, like you're pissing away so much extra money at all the losing outrights you bet. Like you got to double your losses on every losing outright. I'm not sure if it would make up for it. Although in your case, it absolutely would because of just like how many seconds you got. What are uh, are some of your favorite uh, kind of unconfirmed rumors among the golfing and the golfers? Oh, let's see. Unconfirmed. They're about all confirmed now. Oh. I think 17 confirmed PGA Tour players are going to Saudi Golf League. Oof. Starting in June is what is what the word is. So more stuff to bet on, I guess, for us. It's funny how there hasn't been like a public outcry about, oh, don't go, Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's kind of what it is. It's kind of like the unpopular people, Bryson and Patrick Reed, and then all the guys who aren't going to make much more money on tour anyways, like Phil and Ian Poulter. One one they, last grab at the cash. They can have, yeah, they can have Ian. I wonder about Charlie Hoff. Charlie Hoffman kind of walked things back there a little. We'll see how that goes. I think he and- wanted to throw his name in the hat for the Saudis. He, look at me. I just I like how he tagged him in an Instagram post. Is this how I apply? <laughs> how do I get some of that money? Um, oh, that's wild, man. So you don't think it's going to be a, a successful venture or an entertaining product? Oh, I really don't know. They're doing it in America, which is nice. One of the main concerns is that they're all going to do it all in the Middle East where the tournaments start at like 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. 
are is it like potentially solving any problem that the current tour has like i mean like is it is there anything about it that is like well that's going to be a modest improvement if they learn the math on the gambling odds <laughs> on the saudi golf league broadcasts i i don't think so they're kind of babied already it might be they might be less babied when they're answering to some prince I hadn't heard like too where they where they're gonna play it. You know, I think the the main the, the assumption is it's gonna be played over there because it's the Saudi League. And then I got to thinking about that and like, how the hell are they gonna play golf tournaments in like July in in the middle of the desert? Like that's that's why they're doing the World Cup in the winter so people don't die. Like Bryson's not gonna Bryson didn't have any heat stroke. That's not good TV. I should, I'm not even gonna walk back and like yeah I'm, I'm gonna be nice and say i wouldn't want to see that but like i wonder if it turns into something like the you know how these alternate football leagues have gone where they're not running at the same time as the nfl they're spring leagues the usfl the xfl the afl all that like man this would this if the saudi league has that many big names and they do it in the winter like after the playoffs and after the shitty like go up against football whatever they have the money they can go up against football like it, it would be nice if they did most of the Saudi league in the winter out over there. So you had a bunch of tournaments, but yeah, they'd need to get on some, they have the money too. They can do night golfing. They just get stadium lights on the whole course, play it at the normal time for the U S audience. I'd watch golf on Thursday instead of the stupid father, son. Uh, I, it wasn't all father, son because Nelly, one of the quarter girls played in it. So yeah. daughter, father. <laughs> hey, uh, do you think, um, what the you know changing the subject entirely because i decided golf thing if it goes away i won't be surprised like we'll see but um does uh do you play dfs golf at all not really i joined is that is that something you just grow out of like i can't i can't tired of losing tired of losing okay (laughs) so eventually like you you graduate you're like you know what i just want to win money doing this i'm tired of like all of the headache of getting all the lineups and losing every week so that's you eventually thursday morning lineup and it's like awesome like in the money i'm like only have you know 70 more holes to hold this (laughs) and and then i'm gonna buy an island and then i i have decided i'm gonna get I don't want to say good at it. I don't think I'll ever win big money, but I'm I've gotten to a point where I'm not losing money on DFS golf now. Mostly nice. Cal. Cal Cal's helped me out a lot with the roster. Like I'm just I was just really shitty at roster construction. Like I wasn't thinking things through properly. And really for the most part, like a lot of weeks I was only playing in the Slack chat one where it's like a 20 person tournament that ends up with nine players for five bucks a pop and and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. you like win that one your lineup is going to do something great in another contest that yeah. was that was the thing um that spurred like actually playing some tournaments and of course i did horrible the next week but like i think it was egg said something to me because one of my lineups was like monster like i was winning the sl- silly little five dollar slack chat one and he's like i hope you entered that in some other lineups because he's like i think you'd be in like 10th place in the belly or whatever i'm like I just didn't respond because I didn't. Like, I can't. Fuck. I can't DFS. I can't do it. I don't. I don't know how you have the time or patience for it. It's just too. It's just. It's a time suck. Um, I, I like golf. Golf is fun because it lasts 
for four days. And okay. I mean, showdown's fun too, but I like it because it does last four days. And if you can get, if you get your guys through the cut, then it does become a really fun weekend sweat. But yeah, it, in the NFL, like I've learned, I just play NFL against buddies. Okay. It's, just, it's fun to do against buddies. All right. You guys, you guys are both heavy duty golf better. So you, I'll, I'm going to yeah. rapid fire you guys a bunch of questions about this particular year coming up. And you can uh, give me your, your either quick take or if you want to expand a little, go. The majors, Victor Hovland, four times. <laughs> My first question was going to be uh, who among the uh, debutantes who have never won a major do you most want to see win one this year? Shane, you go with Victor Hovland. Okay. At the Masters, he's going to win it. You think that's his best shot? Maybe the PGA. Uh, we'll give him the Masters. Okay. Andy, who do you want to see win a major this year? <sighs> Debutante. Break, you know, they're breaking their maiden. Tom Hogan. At the major, lit, at the major level. Tom Hogan. Uh, Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar. <laughs> You're the only guy in the universe pulling for Matt Kuchar. I know. I saw, he, there's no way he has one, right? No, he does not. No. Max um, not, no. you know a, a guy a guy that i'm kind of high on this week and i've been high on in the past that i don't think has one i wouldn't mind seeing him do well maybe at st andrews that'd be a fun one for him uh, paul casey Ooh. i don't hate paul casey yeah it's a good game. i mean it's it's, it's, it's it's fun to cheer for the young guys but like hovland's gonna win one eventually morikawa was going you, to you win know more. you know who now is, gets uh, one uh, you so know who's cheering for one. you know who's super cheering for paul casey particularly at the st andrews is your bookmaker and everyone else who takes a live handle because everyone will, if he's got a lead on Sunday, my God, I can only imagine everybody taking shots against him as they expect him to collapse. So if he holds on to a lead on a Sunday at a slam, that would be a big win for the house. I have to imagine. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I like how you call them slams. Like you can't get tennis. Whatever. Whatever, man. The big, <laughs> we, the we big ones. Every year. The big ones, the slams, the majors, whatever. Yeah, who do you think wins Wimbledon's golf tournament this year? Oh, Wimbledon does croquet. <laughs> where, well, um, where is Corda, golf pedigree? He's going to win the Wimbledon slam. Ooh, I know. Seb Corda. Totally, yeah. totally Did he win today, by the way? Bad on them, too. I think he played bad and won. He's a, he's a, right now in the tennis world, um, we're currently playing the fifth, what we call the fifth slam, uh, Delray Beach. Um, big, big, big event. Uh, Andy's formerly the, uh, uh, the, the was the chamber of commerce in, in, um, yeah, uh, in Delray Beach. And quarter right now that. is up, up one zero one zero. Uh, he's up, he's up a set and a game and a, uh, and a game against Andre Seppi. Uh, I had that Twitter Beach. account suspended and taken away from me <laughs> after it was determined that I was not running the chamber. <laughs> you were of not actually running the chamber of commerce. Yeah, I was well. getting tagged in all kinds of shit. Eventually, like they donated a bunch of money to a school or something, and they tagged me mm -hmm. with the big check, and mm -hmm. <laughs> it made me feel nice. But um, okay. So the where where's U.S. Open? Uh, Boston. I want to country club. Yeah, it's at Is the it weird Boston? one up there. Yeah. I think yes. Um Is it Flushing Meadows? No, it's not there, is it? <laughs> it's the no, it's in Boston. Flushing Meadows, they do have one right next door, isn't that, isn't that uh, that's where Beth Page Black is, right? It's somewhere around there. It's right next to yeah. Flushing Meadows, I think. Yeah, <laughs> the country club in Brooklyn, Mass. The country club in Brooklyn. Um, okay, so let's give the we're gonna give the PGA this year to another old timer like Phil got it last year. It's not gonna be Tiger Woods. Who's your pick of one guy that you would just love to see turn back time? It's got to be old. 
old guy. Is Mike Weir playing? <laughs> Mike Weir would be. That would be a, quite the throwback. He usually it's gets last at the Masters. <laughs> only an hour, hour and a half away from me. I'll be boots on ground. So oh, I'll yeah. be willing Mike Weir to victory. So I was going to say, yeah, if it's in Tulsa, I guess you cheer for somebody from Oklahoma, even if it's Oklahoma via Norway. I've got Victor penciled in for two now. You know, <laughs> Bob Tway. Bob Tway is from Oklahoma City. I'm not sure if he'll be there, but I'm cheering. He I'm may cheering not make the goes. field. Yeah, he may not may, be in the, in the mix. May not be in the field. We'll check into that. I can get behind Victor there. I know nothing about this Tulsa course. I haven't looked into much of the majors. Obviously, I know where the Masters is, but uh, the U.S. Opens, Brookline, the Opens, like we said, St. Andrews, and then Southern Hills and Tulsa. How did Tulsa get a – are the golf courses nice there? I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at you there, Heartland. That one is yes. That was. I think that's a that's a pretty old classic historic venue. I'm gonna have to dig into that. I have to play it on the Nintendo to really get really get my head wrapped around this tournament. But what uh, that brings up another good question. What if besides a broadcast that knows the golf math correctly, what golf content is really missing out there for somebody who's super into this sort of stuff? Like what's the, you know, what's the what's the niche that can be that can be captured? I think a cool thing, especially since like the broader public is just now learning about stroke scan. I think a cool thing would be after like each drive, you say like, this guy gained X amount of strokes on this exact tee shot to kind of give us context of like that was a really good tee shot, and then this guy that airmails it to two fairways over, he lost half a stroke by this terrible drive. I think that'd be some nice context. I don't know how plausible that is, but I think that would be cool for the viewer to see, like kind of seeing how strokes are put together, gained or lost. For the most part, I've been very unimpressed with next gen stats. Like some of this shit isn't very next gen. It's like, yeah, there's like, you know, kid who learned r last week could have put some of this stuff together it's isn't like you're not digging very deep for these but like i like what the nfl tries they're at least trying to do some of that and some of the some of the metrics that they are able to spit out is sort of fun i i'm agreeing i think i'd like more stuff like that where even you know they've got better over the last few years i like those spray charts where they show where everyone's ball landed and showed like and it is interesting if it's not just, oh, the ones in the rough aren't doing as well. It's interesting if there's like a, a chunk on a certain side of the fairway where it opened up more, like, like getting the, to know like what, what works on that hole. The media chart, the media gets access to the shot tracker that shows if you made birdie, it shows the tee shots and it has like a green dot or a red dot or a yellow dot if they made like birdie are yeah exactly are, that's what i'm yeah, yeah that's what i'm talking about Th those are nice like they need to like <clears throat> like shane said expound on that and honestly i'd i'd love to see and again i shouldn't shout out data golf too much but like something akin to that where you know you have those percentages sitting there for and there's are way too aggressive sometimes and somebody who takes an early lead the week but i wouldn't mind seeing like implied percentage to win like next to these it doesn't have to be on every leaderboard you don't have to have it constantly but like when they show that big leaderboard when they go to break and they 
fan through a couple pages of it if it had some if it had some percentages on there like hey Not you know wrong. this guy's leading by That's three but yeah, like, yeah no I, th I think some people would be really surprised by that when it's like friday afternoon and rom is like like you said six eight strokes back and he's a higher percentage than the 10 guys in front of him because it's like well you know, do we really think Doc Redman's going to hold on to this top spin spot? Or oh, come on, you didn't have to shot out my guy like that. I'm a Doc. <laughs> Is Doc Redman your guy this week? No, he's just in general. I'm, I'm a big Doc. In guy general, guy. you're a Doc Redman guy. Okay. Oh, I'm just I've I have been holding on to so many Doc Holiday tombstone Jeffs for when he finally wins, and I'm on him, and it just it never does happen. I've bet him at some pretty big numbers, and he just can't do it. I maybe I should. I've, I've talked myself into maybe putting a small bet on him this week. Four hundred to one this year, or yeah, this tournament. He's, he won he's the big... won the US Am here in 2017. People forget that he beat Doug Gim, who's also in the field. So, uh oh, Doug oh, Gim's boy. my guy now. Um, um, okay. Uh, do you see Trips comment there? They do need an alt broadcast. I don't think you could probably get oh, away yeah. with that every week. But for like the majors, they should do like a not a maybe not even like a Manning cast, but like what they do for the national championship game, college football, where you yeah. have the coach, the coach's room or something. You have a couple guys like breaking stuff down Absolutely. instead of hearing Faldo. Well, Phil, Absolutely. Phil, when he did the PGA was good at uh, Harding Park. He opted in on Saturday. And when he wasn't making fun of Nick Faldo, he was actually really insightful. Because he and he just got off the course too, so he played it. He knew how it was playing. I think that would be a, a really good touch too. Oh, good shit, man. Okay. I don't I don't hate that either. Like if a guy is willing to like come on after the round, sit down with us for a half hour, watch some other guys play. And it'd be better if it was somebody like again, Phil's really getting demonized right now. And it feels probably a shitty person overall just based on like his gambling history but like a guy with some charisma who's willing to maybe shoot a little straight as far as not maybe not sugarcoating it when mm. somebody is doing something wrong <clears throat> hey andy who is your old timer you want to give the pga to i don't like any of the old timers really no one that you're gonna be like oh man that uh, paul, really paul casey's like 40 isn't he can i just give okay. him that one okay um, um yeah old time i don't know and if if somebody wins it out in tulsa and it's old timer yeah oh boy that's yeah i'll come back to me on that one it's okay so uh at what point does the rom um price does the is at what point are we like trying to sell rom uh against the market because I think we're probably going to get to if he continues to hit as cleanly as he is, and he has one of these tournaments or a couple of these high-profile tournaments where the where all of a sudden the shots are falling. Um, he's going to start to get into like the five to one, four to one, like Tiger price range, and I don't know that that's really realistic or fair to put him in that category. But people are going to do it, and I guess do you know? Do you think we'll get to a point this year where? Um, you know, the market is just completely upside down on him in terms of like expecting him way too high to to win some of these big high profile tournaments. Or do you think uh, he really could kind of claim that mantle and be at that dominant of a player, even considering how good the rest of the tour is right now? I think it's harder now when, you know, you're playing against Cantlay, Justin Thomas, all these other guys and not 
I like Tiger when he had to beat Stephen Ames and all those other. <laughs> Mark O'Meara, yeah. yeah. David Duvall. Yeah. They really tried to make that a thing. And that is that is for like JT rounding into form, the way Xander and Scotty have been playing. Uh, we haven't even really seen Dustin. He can, you know, all of a sudden be right where he was at if he's playing well again. Like there are some that second tier is fucking sick and it is super tough. I put Cantley right there with Rom, but like you, it's so weird looking at a guy that's in a tournament like this with a a sub ten number. Yeah, you almost start to like it sucks because I heard somebody put it once in one of the earlier tournaments where he was like six to one. It says. They almost talked about it like horse racing, where like I'm looking for a, a price to beat the favorite with, like yeah. because he's taking up so much of the market. And what stinks about that is it's an outright market with 150 golfers. Mm. So unless it's circa, the hold is super high. So he, while he's taking up a bunch of the market, there's yeah. so much hold built in. Do you have a do you have a lean on Cantlay Rom at evens this weekend? If it was a no vig evens market. Can't lay VROM for this tournament. That's part of you and me have can't lay as a favorite, so can't lay. You go can't lay as a favorite? Over ROM, but right now. Andy, you agree with that? I'd probably take ROM. Take ROM. Okay. I just don't like can't lay's face. <laughs> just a serial killer. You're not, you're not accounting for strokes and waddling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, I, I like that hot mic too, or the pampered fox. Yeah. <laughs> What about um, strokes, strokes gain junk in the trunk is very, very uh, high for Rom, though. He is, he's gotten full dad bots. Yeah, strokes, strokes gain, strokes gain thick uh, for Rom might be the, uh, this might be the, the deciding factor. Um, and and I, I don't want to like, you know, rag on probably the best golfer in the world, <clears throat> but it is like that scene in Kingpin where they get to the, the nationals he's like man it's just wild to be here with all these amazing athletes and it's a bunch of huge dudes like eating a cheeseburger or whatever it's it's wild that like rom we're not going to say like rom's out of shape but rom's kind of out of shape and that's wild that's the, my favorite part about golf it's like he's the best athlete in the world in his sport yeah and he's kind of out of shape like that's kind of awesome. doughy yeah he's kind of doughy although sometimes guys who are doing a little extra curricular kind of carry themselves that way and you know make you think that they're doughy and they're really not at all but uh, i'm not accusing anyone of anything but you know just saying You're saying i do drugs uh, <laughs> the uh it's the david ortiz uh, of it all you know like you you, you know which looks like a big jelly uh rotund guy but in reality he is uh quite quite strong because of the extracurricular stuff um do you think shane there's any chance we've seen the best of dustin johnson Decent he's chance. Out there. He's kind of got a lot of other things going on. I think that's he might that's my boy might be taking this. I'm pretty I'm like sure sure that if, if PGA Tour pros go that he's he's done with the PGA Tour. Just because of the money and the and the vibe of that of being out of the spotlight a little bit. Yeah. They got some pretty uh expensive looking wedding invitations that I saw that Paulina's gotta pay for somehow. Yeah, like it. Dustin's wedding invitations cost more than my wedding. <laughs> they each came with like a really good bottle of champagne. It was like a goddamn crate, like you put the Ark of the Covenant in at the end of the movie. Um, I could see him jetting, like just putting the yacht out in the Adriatic, and this One is where I am now. Day. 
It's so much money. I don't even know if I blame these guys. When when I saw how much they were going to offer Ian effing Poulter, it's like, oh, man, some of these big names, like how are they going to say no? That's so much cash. Bryson might have back problems at like age 25, 26. Might as well get what Tiger earned on course in his whole (laughs) career for one, one little sign of your name, Jack, of your name. In blood. <laughs> blood money. Uh, it's crazy it's, how fast this progressed. It like, is. This was just something that got thrown around, like goofed around. And remember the Super League and soccer? Yeah, that was. Like, the uh, European soccer? Like, that was like two weeks, and then it was like, all right, like everybody screwed up. Like, this isn't yeah. happening. You guys, no one's going to let this happen. But like, the PGA doesn't have the power to do anything about this. These are men, not teams not organizations they're not tied to cities and stadiums like they can't stop anything this is this is crazy and if it is if it does have u.s events i'm fine with it it's another thing to bet on the way that the pga tour is kind of like structured as like a charitable organization too like and the the other people are independent contractors their players are like independent contractors Mm -hmm. kind of i don't know if they want to turn that rock over and try to fight those battles yeah. Okay. Uh, who gets more majors this year, Australia or South Africa? Cam Smith is probably going to chip and putt his way into one. Andy, what do you think? I mean, are we talking, can we do top fives? Like, Usti's got four top fives in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, uh, who else do we want to throw in the South African? I mean, the alphabet man's probably not winning one. Is Wilco getting in, Annie? He can win. Wilco, Wilco might get in into it. He'll get into the U.S. Open. Um, I'm trying to think of my other South Africans. It's been a while now. Eric Van Ruyen. Van Ruyen. Bazooden Minis- hot. Minnesota uh, Gopher yeah. is not winning a major this year. Burmester. He was flirting with Dean Burmester. Yeah, last year. He go. Eric- Oh man, there's a lot of Higo talking. Higo, yeah. Higo's maybe give it a give him a year to too, but there were there was that one tournament where like the whole top of the leaderboard was South African. There's a bunch of good golfers. They step up in the in the in the majors. Oh, Schwartzel was up there too. That uh, for that one, I think. And then you have Brandon Grace, who I do not think wins a major, but it might. This the answer to this might be Cam Smith one to zero. Okay. All right. Um, Andy, I'll ask you this because we know Shane's opinion. Uh, who gets a uh, who gets their major first between Xander and Hovland? Xander? Yeah. Xander. I'm not I'm not counting his gold medal as a as a major. I think he as, gets one this I think he gets one this year. <clears throat> this is as this is as good as I've ever seen him. I think he's he's I, I wouldn't surprise me if both guys like Hofflin can put together a round all of a sudden. He he was a little sketchy in uh God two weeks ago, or maybe it was maybe it was uh just at waste management when I was watching him. Like, yeah, like it was it was waste management. It's like, oh man, his tee shots are I I get that maybe there's some tournaments where it's harder to hit the the fairway, but and maybe it's just I haven't watched enough golf on Thursdays and Fridays in the past in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I've never I've ever seen crowds having to scatter so much. Like there was a lot of tee shots into the crowds at the waste management. Maybe it's because we went a whole year without crowds. 
Well, that could be. Um, yeah, is that I'll, having any I'll impact? Probably... Is is crowds having any impact on the player performance? One way or the other? Like there have been NBA? people that said they liked it with no crowds. I mean, people have come out. Like maybe that. like the rookies when are like calling last year, maybe at like TBC Harding Park. You know, he was that was his first major that he was in contention. And there was literally nobody there, hardly. I think that so that like cool helped cool his nerves a little bit. I would, I would think you think a little bit. Okay, that's a good call. Um, yeah, it just feels like a round of golf. Like it, you know, you just feel like you're out there playing a round of golf if there's not a huge gallery. Sort of like, you know, these guys are used to it. They've played other. You know, he's won at other levels. You mm. play, and mm. you. you it can't get to you too much, but it still has to get to you a little. Having a big crowd around you for a, you know, a clutch putt late. Yeah. Okay. So, Shane, I'm going to give you even odds on a yes/no market here. Morikawa career slam. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 Andy, you agree? Morikawa and gets a career slam. Shane's internet's doing it to us. Oh, again. it's his internet. As soon as he got, oh, it came yeah. back. Oh, you're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're, you're back. back. You're back. You're back. Yeah. Oh. Well, so, you know, Morikawa career slam, yes. See, he's got yes. probably 20, 20 good years on the tour left. If it's he not like he's a bomb or anything, he's just a, just a good iron player, and that, that travels. Okay. That's the thing. You give him like five more shots at Augusta, and he gets, he gets playing that course, so he gets more practice rounds in. He's live anywhere with his game. Especially if he he cleaned up the short game a little, what he mm -hmm. does with his irons just filthy. Okay, so <clears throat> same question: yes, no, even odds. Rory McIlroy career slam. I'm frozen. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh, my internet's broke. <clears throat> Rory McIlroy career slam. Yes, no, even odds. And I can't bet even odds that he wins it in the next however many years oh yeah I guess years I'd, by I'd, a lot i'd, I'd take no you take you, you andy's taking no what are you taking shane yes you're on uh, no Rory never gets just, it if you got enough money you might just quit he just never quit. slays he never slays the dragon just, after uh, after that aaron t shot on 10 that hit a house that no one knew was there that was his one shot and he knows shot. it he knows it. Just, I just watched the Domino's video again today. It just always makes me giggle how they, how he just goes along with Rory. Like, yeah, Domino's, Domino's is good, man. That's for sure. That's not shitty pizza. Like, have fun with that. <laughs> Welcome to America. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a no on that. Although I like him this week mm. for a few things. I think you got Quail Hollow comps this week. Is that a thing? Do people do that? Uh, that's another thing. Boy, that's right up there with sleeping in your own bed thing. The people who try to make comps for some of these tournaments. It's like I guess like you could you could probably you could probably slap like just slap five random courses on, put it on Twitter, and a bunch of people wouldn't even notice. Like they just <laughs> you know, like, I, I think I might do and I shouldn't have said it on the air now, but I I, I think you could do that. You just be like, oh man, Riviera. Plays a lot, you know. Plays a lot like that one in Cleveland and uh, it's just like the, the Dubai course that plays exactly like Augusta. Yeah, you I've, I've heard that. Which which one is it? Oh God! People say that with Dubai Emirates. I think it, it might Dubai be Emirates. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. You pick like Mayakoba and one of the sand courses in like Australia. Like people are like checking out Eurostat mm-hmm. or DP stats on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Riviera, great indicator for uh, the Masters. I think they do. Or am that's I? Why, that's why you, that's why you watch Phil, this week if you want to know who does well. Bill and Mike Weir that made that comparison to Augusta thing. Uh, that sounds right to me. There, there are right. courses who have like like TPC courses have analogs with each other, but like this is weird with the again like it has this stupid invasive Kikuya shit, and like there's just not that many courses that have the amount of it and have the fairway made out of it, and it does stupid things to the balls. So like even if it's even if it's like a similar course in design and structure, like having the stupid Kikuya shit makes it maybe not a good comp for anything. Yeah. Uh, people try to comp it to Tory a little, which I, I guess, but like, uh, I, I don't know. Back to the total beginning of the podcast. I like this course. I like this week. This is really, it's going to be fun watching. Like, I don't, I'm not even betting that much just because the more I looked at it, I'm like a field like this is so hard to pick a winner. Like I couldn't find All a right. ton of value. Here you go. Outlines. You ready? Here's an, here's another question for you. Uh, out of the top 10 OWGR that are all here. Yeah. Wh- I'm going to tell you beforehand, one of these guys is not making the cut. Which one is it, Andy? One of these guys in the top 10 is missing the cut. Dustin. I, <laughs> I would go with Dustin or Colin. Dustin or Colin. Oh, Colin, you think might struggle here, huh? I just I don't think I don't think he's gonna be able to putt worth a shit and Ooh. it's he's, he's got very that new good. grip though right he's very very good with his <laughs> irons he, he did not a new grip last year at this course and he sucked and then he yeah. won the next week at concession that's a fair point hey uh, can, Shane can you tell when a guy's got the yips on the drive on the approach <laughs> or on the putter I mean if Salatoris is on TV yeah. <laughs> It was whiffed on a putt. <laughs> did you go against him when you saw that? Or were you like, oh, this is not happening? Or did you just let it go? I, I just let – I had Luke List. Like, live. I was like – I was the best man at a wedding, and I, like, left the left the dance party to go watch the playoff, and I knew I was golden. <laughs> I, watched, I watched the 72nd putt that Luke – or that – uh, yeah, that Zal left a million feet short of yeah. Zalik. Yeah. Holy shit, we've had three playoffs already. If you yeah. go back to the Sony, that's why I heard something like there hasn't been a playoff at Riviera going back to like the 1960s, something crazy like that. Well, last year they had one. Oh, there was maybe maybe it's next maybe it's next week's tournament then. Yeah. There's some kind of crazy factoid somebody was saying about uh, not having playoffs. It's been like blank years. Um, maybe it's Memorial. I don't remember. Where's next year? Is next year Memorial? I mean, next week Memorial. What's we next? We go week? down to Florida. We go to yeah, Florida they, for sure. Oh, it's Honda, probably. Honda, and then API. I think Honda. that's another one too. I think API is a big ass paycheck. It's another one where it's it like is. a twelve mil. Arnold. Arnold. Arnold's pay is like like that's the, the Invitational, few, though, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the last few weeks, it's been like eight eight and a half for a prize purse and then this one jumps up to 12 and then honda's decent and i think api is like 12 again where it's like major money so like this is a nice little this is a nice little kick for everybody to come and play because the the paychecks aren't bad and the courses are good 
Mm. I do love Arnold's quite a bit. Okay. Dan, that's a wild nugget. He's saying uh, from Al via Alan Shipnuck. Uh, the Saudi t- the Saudi plan has 20 signed and they're going to oh. announce the week of the players. Wow. Um, hmm. How about that? Um, Rivas had four playoffs since 2012. Yeah. I, if anyone knows the what factor that I'm referring to and can correct me, please let me know. Because there is one tournament coming up where it's been like an insane amount of years since they've had a playoff. And I love a good playoff. Um, I'm always a playoff yes guy, if you didn't already know. <laughs> that's that's the auto fire. Some people bet, bet the hole in one yes, no. I'm, I'm a playoff yes guy. They, there was a tournament or two where they, they did something goofy with that, with the smaller field, where they, they made a wild adjustment to the playoff. Like they took it up to four, four and a half to one because the field was like 120 rather than a full field. And then you looked at it and the scoring wasn't supposed to be super low. So like if people aren't going 15 under, like the scoring distribution just isn't going to be as wide, even with, you know, fewer players. And like, I think we bet into that a couple of times where it's like, well, they, they made an adjustment on playoff for no reason. Of course there wasn't a playoff, but I felt smart finding it. That's, that's, that's all that matters to me. I love it. Andy, you got any final questions or should we put a bow on this bad boy? No, I need to go lay down everything. College. <laughs> I've lost, I've lost three college basketball games by a combined half one that one pushed. And then Oof. I just had a, a sure fire under go to overtime. Uh, I'm sweating NBA and I don't yeah, even know. College basketball can S my D tonight. <laughs> scared to read the comments about my Wi-Fi. Uh yeah no you're you're clear as a bell now I don't know what happened but uh, we finally we finally are put I put a call into the uh, the Arkansas governor and I said please kick up the called Uncle Jerry Jones and Uncle Jerry said hey Jones. kick up the bandwidth in Fayetteville our guy needs it and uh, and here they are at long last um all right man well, sometimes you just gotta holler downstairs and tell people to stop streaming if you, I, did, if yeah, you, I, did, I did say that. <laughs> did you, do, we had that once. I'll close with this. One time we were doing one when I was down in Atlanta at a work thing, and the, my internet just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I remember when we were taking Zoom calls in this Airbnb that like everyone's internet sucked when we were doing Zoom calls. So finally I texted upstairs. I said, Are you guys doing a Zoom call while I'm trying to do the show? And uh Reed, it was Reed. He he wrote back. He's a big White Sox fan. We're in Atlanta. They're not on the local TV. Oh no, I'm streaming the White Sox game to the big TV. Turn that off. Fucking killing me with this. So yeah. that's the, that's the tip. Yeah, college basketball streams. is it's a dogs. The dogs are barking in college basketball. Arkansas is ten and one against the spread in the last eleven. That's... Oh, is that predictive? <laughs> can i go to town can i go bet with that <laughs> probably not <laughs> so a lot of people so a lot of people are saying okay. a lot of people saying harry higgs's move was an homage to coach muss oh. when he took his shirt off two days after the three days after the auburn game that's true mm-hmm. a lot wow. of people are putting those pieces together so did you bet on pepperdine tonight andy a 30 and a half no no okay you're a pepperdine guy so i wasn't sure I, a couple of years ago i was so he took all of it on him tonight. He bet on his boys. Oh, okay. Nice. I like it. <laughs> um, all right, man. Appreciate all your time. Uh, where can people find you on the Twitter.com machine? I'm gonna is, get your, is your account is your account still suspended? 
I had to make a new one. Uh, you had to make a new one. What yeah. was it that got you suspended? Do you think? Uh, well, originally I got suspended for creating a fake rumor that Lane Kiffin took the old Miss or took the Arkansas job. Ah, that's right. impersonation. That'll get you every time. Impersonating, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. straight S T R A I T underscore D I B I N N. Five oh, knock off now. Straight five and two. Yes. How do you get golf? How do you get some of your stuff to go viral? How does that work? It just makes good tweets. Just you just you make good. You're just good at the tweeting. I step see. one, yeah, make good tweets. Yeah. Stay step one, make good tweets, and put them out in the universe, and yeah. it takes care of itself at that point. Or tweet enough to where like just percentages, baby. <laughs> All of them gotta be good. Always, high volume tweeting. High volume tweeter. Always be tweeting. I like it. All right, man. Well, All right, guys, thanks for you. having me on. Been fun. Yep. If you're not, night, if you want to catch more of Shane in person and chop it up, sign up to the golf slack. Uh, go to and, go to Arkansas. Uh, we're good Arkansas. We're Arkansas. We have better yeah. Wi-Fi than advertised. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> All right, let's wrap. Good job, good job, Andy. I thought so. I love talking golf, man. Chop it up more often. Talking a little golf. coming through my microphone.